Hello friends and welcome to WAL Canine Radio, your source for everything backpacking with dogs, from your first overnighter to a life-changing thru-hike. I'm your host, Amanda Shale, aka Naps, and with me I'm joined by my wonderful and extremely handsome co-host, Frank. He's a little bit ahead, so you might not hear his jingles, but um, if it's your first time tuning in, Frank is a dog, so he's not actually going to talk in this show. He's just out hiking with me because, as always, this show is recorded from the trail. Right now, we are hiking the Owl Canyon Trail, located near Salmon, Idaho, and I got to say, it is blowing my mind. There is this just beautiful dusting of snow, maybe an inch or so over everything. It's this open, treeless, rolling sage land. And we're just surrounded by gorgeous mountains. And there's some clouds like in the distance covering the further mountains. So, you know, I don't know what those uh, clouds are hiding, but man, what I can see is phenomenal. And it is so quiet out here. At one point, I stopped walking, and in the distance, I could hear some coyotes, and I had been seeing their footprints, like tons of coyote footprints out here, so definitely being on high alert, keeping an eye on Frank. I know if he picks up their scent, if we get close to them, his, uh, his hackles will go up, so he's always good at letting me know when something's close, and you know, unfortunately, we have had coyote encounters before. He got bit on the ass a few years back by some big old kai wolves in Squamish where we used to live and uh, it was a stressful day but you know he healed up just fine and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> haven't had to have any more encounters like that ever since but definitely a reason why you don't get distracted flirting with a guy when your dog's off leash running around the forest. Yeah, learned that lesson the hard way. Uh, anyway, so like I said, we're out here in northern Idaho and it is just like mind-blowing. Like I had driven through southern Idaho many years ago and man, uh, it was mind-numbing. It was such a boring drive and I didn't stop much aside from to like see the Oregon Trail, which was pretty cool because um, of its history and I love learning. but. Northern Idaho is just, whew, uh, slip on the, some ice under the snow there. Northern Idaho is, oh man, like wow. Like I could totally see myself living here. Montana, which we spent the last few days driving through, was great also. Like, oh, I just cannot believe how beautiful this area of the country is. And um, yeah, we've been on the road for about, a week and a half now so you know we drove from the Kootenai region of British Columbia down through eastern Washington to Spokane and then we headed east through the panhandle of Idaho spent a couple days around Coeur d'Alene which was super nice hiking and the people were so friendly it was incredible and then uh, yeah we got some started to get some snow dumped on us Frank, that's a cow guard. You're going to have to go around and there's a fence. But if you go on this side, you can go through the hole. Yeah, so anyways, we're just walking over a cow guard. He is not into those. 
it's a guard for cow, uh, cows and <laughs> cattle dogs. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, we uh, got started getting some snow. We were in Wallace, Idaho, which is really cool, like really, really neat historical town. The whole town is on like the National Historic Site Registry. And so, yeah, we hiked the Pulaski Trail there. Uh, which is a really neat story from the great fires of 1910 and the man Pulaski himself behind the, the tool that's used to this day in firefighting and trail building saved most of his crew of 40 plus men from this raging inferno of like historically epic fire um, by hiding them in this tunnel. So the trail actually goes out to see that tunnel and there's all these message boards to get to learn about the history along the way. But anyways, we were there, snow came, head into Montana, spent some time in Missoula, which is super dog friendly, and we just had a blast running around the snowy mountains. And then I saw that there's some pretty cold temperatures coming this way soon, and while well, we have heat when we're driving, we do not have heat when we're not driving. So. You know, I like to keep it maybe above 20 Fahrenheit at nice. You know, we're comfortable, but you know, this area of Idaho is supposed to be down to like zero Fahrenheit in a couple days. So I wanted to get through here before then so I could actually see some of it and not just have to drive straight through. So if you just listen for a moment, I'm gonna stop talking and you might hear the beautiful crunching of the snow. Oh yeah, like what's not to love about that? Oh, in these mountains, so good. So, that's where we're at. We're gonna be continuing south. Um, by the time you hear this, we might actually be in Utah, so who knows. Um, yeah, so today's episode is uh, introduction to an upcoming series. Um, I try to put episodes out on Wednesdays. I'm going to be really solid on that. It's going to be every other Wednesday. So this is like episode zero and then there's going to be seven episodes in a series about my experience through hiking the Pacific Crest Trail with a dog. So episode one is going to be kind of like um, a prep preparation episode. So what I did for gear and food and resupply and kind of some of those super common questions like what about hitchhiking? What about trail magic? What about trail angels? That kind of stuff. So um, I've been putting a lot of work into that. It's going to be a long episode. But it's going to be chock full of hopefully very useful information. And then the five episodes that follow that um, are going to be each on a section of the PCT. So Washington, Oregon, Northern California, Sierra, and Southern California, which a lot of people call the desert, but it is so much more than a desert and it's actually quite mountainous and there's tons of trees. So I like to call it Southern California. And then the seventh episode in that series, it's going to be sort of a Q&A if there's unanswered questions at that point, you know, listen to the series and if say I missed something in Washington or whatever that you really want to know about, 
send me an email to walk9radio at gmail.com. I'll be answering questions in episode 7 of the series, as well as talking about some of the um, coming down off the trail, how it's changed us, how it's affected us. Um, Because as they say, the trail will change you. And that's true even if you're a dog. So I'm going to talk a bit about that, kind of full transparency, because... Yeah, Frank's not the same dog as before, and it's not a bad thing, but, you know, it's a thing, and I think it's important to actually talk about it and not just pretend like it doesn't change your dog and your relationship. So, so that this episode is trying to keep it on the brief side, so this episode's actually just going to be a little bit about the things I hate about through hiking with Frank. Um, I know when I get into this uh, this series, I'm going to often remember it fondly, even though I intend to talk about all the challenges of each section and how I overcame them, you know, how we kind of worked around those difficulties. Um, I'm also going to be sharing stories, which are going to bring out the best in our experience, I hope. And it's pretty easy. If you love hiking and backpacking with your dog to imagine the best case scenario so before I help you out with tons of useful information and possibly inspire you to hit the trail with your dog I just want to be fully transparent about the things I can't stand and also you know kind of like a little legal disclaimer Alright, so as always, I'm sharing my experience hiking with Frank on the PCT and whatever other trails we're on. And your experience may differ, but I fully believe that by hearing other people's stories and how they went about it, it can help you do the best job of preparing for your own adventures. So this upcoming series, you know, whether you're thinking of hiking through hiking the PCT or section hiking, one of the sections or a couple of the sections I'm going to be talking about, or whether you're wanting to through hike a different trail or spend backpacking or weekends backpacking with your dog, um, I fully believe that there are going to be nuggets of information that that can help you out, help you prepare, help you visualize obstacles that you might face so that you can do a better job of responding to them in the moment. So these things I'm going to talk about today, you know, aren't necessarily obstacles and they might seem kind of ridiculous. Some of my complaints about through hiking with a dog, but in the moment when I'm exhausted and it's hot out or I'm tired or hungry, or it's been like a week since we've had a rest day and You know, just like the through hiking is really, really demanding. So um, little things can seem like a lot bigger of a deal in the moment. So, um, but before I get into that, I just want to say that, yes, it is true. You can take your dog on the PCT. Not all of it. About 85% um, is open for all dogs. The other 15% is restricted. And the reason I was able to take Frank is because he qualifies 
as a working service animal. Now, being Canadian, I wasn't very clear on the regulations down here in the United States. And back home in Canada, we do not have um, a national standard like you guys do. So that actually just makes it um, a lot easier. And sorry for assuming that my audience is all American. I know they're not, but the majority is. So uh, yeah, anyways, Canada does not have a national standard. And in the province I am from, having illegal service dog is like a real ordeal. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of hoops and you end up with an ID card and it's like a big thing. And personally, I just haven't felt that was necessary for us um, because of the structure of my life. I just, have, like, I just avoid situations where I can't bring him. Um, that said, uh, I wanted to understand what the regulations were down here. So when I was preparing for the trail, I hopped on the PCTA website and I read every bit of information they provide for um, aspiring through hikers. And on their dog page, they link to the ADA service animal regulations, which I believe stands for the Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, you know, and I just assume that that I count as a Canadian if I come down here, that these regulations apply to me. So, I mean, if they don't, I'm sorry, but um, they were last updated in 2010 and I read those, it's just two pages. So I read them very, very, very carefully. And, oh, like we, Frank counts as a service dog down here. So that was awesome to discover that and to know that I can bring him the entire trail and by reading carefully and understanding my rights, understanding what is required of us and what cannot be asked of us really gave me a lot of confidence to take him in places where people are like, um, you can't have a dog here um, because actually I could and um, you don't have to like be a seeing eye dog or a diabetes sniffing dog to qualify as a working service animal in the United States. Um, I would say compared to some other countries I've um, heard about or talked about with other people like some European countries, the United States is actually quite lax and almost seems really supportive of you having a dog um, to physically assist you with a trained task if you have something that is considered a permanent disability. So um, that's what I'll say about that for now. So if you're unsure about those regulations, definitely just go read the two page guidelines and um, at least know the rules. Um, I know I've heard of a lot of people that take their dog regardless. I'm not gonna comment on that, but you know, it's a thing people do and that's their choice. But I was able to take Frank the whole way um, legally. So <sighs> with that, that little bit of, you know, disclaimer aside, <sighs> what are the worst things about through hiking with Frank? Well, one of them is that he always walks right behind me on my heel. So I actually don't see him most of the day. His cute little butt, he only runs ahead very once in a while he does it more on day hikes but when we we're through hiking he didn't waste any energy and he just walked right behind me which is great because you know he has a jingly collar i can hear he's right there 
He's not running around. He's not harassing anyone. He's not running up to people. These are all great things. But I like seeing him. I like his his cute little face and and seeing like the, his smile. And so, um, yeah, I guess he was just like a bit too well behaved for my liking because I hardly saw him when we're hiking. It really wasn't until breaks and stuff that I really got to enjoy his company. So another thing was when it was super hot out like I would try to avoid hiking in the heat of the day and I'm going to be talking all about this in especially the Oregon episode because that's where the heat was the biggest challenge for us um but he would walk right behind me like so close behind me that like my heel would graze his nose from time to time and I don't know why but I just really let that bother me quite often um and it would be so hot and I would be carrying so much water for him like he would drink like a liter an hour and I would be carrying the weight of this water and I could feel it splashing off his tongue onto my calf and I'm like oh dude like I'm carrying that weight like don't waste it but you know I know that's how he cools down so like I never actually got upset with him um but it's just like you know those things in your head that like you have really like you're just walking all day so if you allow it these little things can become pretty big things and um the weight of the water I carried to keep him healthy through the heat uh really it was really quite a physical burden on me so um feeling it splashing on my calf was oh boy oh so annoying um, but he actually did a pretty good job when he was drinking out of his bowl that he didn't spill too much and anything he didn't drink I just pour back in his own bottle so he had a on-the-go bottle so that I didn't have to waste anything um, another thing is that there's this temperature at night where I'm chilly and so I want to cuddle and I want the sleeping bag tight but he because heat dogs have a higher body temperature than we do especially compared to women who have a lower body temperature than men he would be too warm so he would be like stretching out into the sleeping bag and letting in these drafts that would be chilly and I'd want to cuddle and he wouldn't want to cuddle um, <laughs> you know so like I said like nearly not a big deal but you know when when the only time you really feel comfort is at night and you're just so desperate to rest all day um, having your dog let in icy cold draft it's just like not the best thing um yeah so you know really some of the other challenges i'd say of hiking with a dog that you know maybe aren't specific to my dog but you know all people who are gonna hike a long time with the dog are are the weight um yeah you could skimp on the weight but your dog's gonna suffer and I do not encourage that so uh, my mentality was always like yeah I'll carry the weight it'll make me stronger as long as Frank is happy and healthy so you know he would carry a max of four days of food and then anything above that I would carry so sometimes I planned eight day resupplies so I would carry four days of his food which is about two pounds per day so that's eight pounds of his food on top of my eight days of food which is two pounds per day so my food is 16 pounds his food is eight that I'm carrying this 24 pounds of food on top of my base weight which is a little bit heavier because of him and I'll get into that with the gear talk 
And then on top of that, I did these stupidly long resupplies when it was hot and I'm carrying tons of water. So, you know, I'm carrying 24 pounds of food and then like six liters of water. Like my backpack was often over 50 pounds for like a couple months of the trail. So yeah, that is hard. Like do not kid yourself. It is a serious challenge um, to do it and, and really give your dog everything that they need, you know? So, um, but overall, you know, Frank is actually a really great backpacking dog and um, he did get pretty tired of people. And I'm gonna go into this in, de in like really detail in episode seven, but he got pretty sick of people um, after passing the northbound bubble. And, you know, a lot of people were disappointed that he didn't want anything to do with them. They're out, they're working hard, they miss their dog, and they just want to, like, get some snuggles from Frank, and he just, like, was not, he's not into it, he would rather nobody else touch him, you know, he's having a hard time, so, yeah, I know that there's some trail dogs out there that are a little friendlier to other people, and, um, you know, I wish that, at times I wish that Frank was one of those dogs, so that he could provide some comforts to other people, but you know, he wasn't. So that was definitely one of the downsides of hiking with Frank. So let's see what we got here. We got the weight. That's like a no brainer, but man, is it harder than I imagined. <laughs> um, the water splashing on my calf. Oh yeah, that was annoying. Letting in the cold air. Oh yeah, that was hard. And uh, yeah, not seeing him very much on trail. You know, it's so different when we're through hiking than when we're just out for like, you know, stroll like we are right now. Like, um, he'll run ahead, he'll run behind, but on trail, when we're through hiking, he just would walk right behind me all freaking day. So it was really nice when um, I found someone to hike with us who would walk behind Frank so they could let me know that his gait was okay. And that's another thing about Frank is because he's a herding animal, um, he has this really strong instinct to herd people, which means hikers. And it freaking drove me nuts because somebody would come up behind us, a faster hiker like most other hikers were because I was weighted down and you know, trying not to push too hard. So most other people were faster than us and they come up behind us. And every time Frank would run back to round them up and I'd have to stop and wait for him in his mind to bring the hiker to me. He'd be so proud of himself and I let them pass and then I could keep walking. So it was really a challenge if say I passed someone else because he would try to get me to stop and, and wait for them and so we could hike together because like he just assumes that every other person out there is like my friend and we're responsible for them and he just wants to keep us all together um, you know so I do think herding dogs make like the best um, hiking dogs out there especially if you're gonna go long distance because they do orbit you and they stay close and they look to you for direction you know and I'd much rather deal with him trying to herd other hikers than go on spirit quests like other breeds are prone to doing but 
oh like it just drives me insane and if i had him leashed onto me like tied to me to my waist belt and somebody came up behind or we tried to pass someone and they were like slowly like losing ground on us he would actually pull me backwards with so much force that like i couldn't keep walking forward which he only weighs like half what i do so i was really impressed in his strength and determination to round up those people and not let anyone get behind um but yeah it's just like part of the breed and i mean i have no idea how to stop it so and he's so proud of himself that like oh i feel bad like trying to train it out of him or something so definitely things to consider that natural breed tendencies um, on the trail can become really 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 obvious um and this was like this oh man i would say it tops takes the cake you know number one most annoying thing about hiking with frank <laughs> is him hurting everyone up and of course if i'm actually hiking with people um they actually kind of like it because he keeps everyone together it's like real real family time so um anyways i see someone up on the trail so i'm just gonna pause this recording for a bit and get back to you with my closing thoughts oh so i'm back and i thought of another thing this this uh personality trait or i don't know if that's the right word but the frank developed that just oh really annoys me and you know like like all these other things not a huge deal but um somewhere along the trail he started doing this thing where we get to camp and then i put out water and he doesn't drink it and he goes to sleep and he gets up to eat his dinner which um is a lot of coaxing to get him to eat the proper amount you know and i think that's a pretty big topic so I'll talk about that in the food, like food and feeding and resupply. Um, and then you'd go back to sleep and I would have my dinner and I would do my nightly routine, write in my journal, yada, yada. And then I would lay down, turn off my headlamp. Oh, this great sigh of relief. The day is done. I can drift off to sleep and look forward to another day of hiking tomorrow. And then that moment, that moment right after I've let out that great sigh of relief of finally being in bed he would go he'd smack his lips oh he wants water and I gotta get out of bed and let him out of the sleeping bag and open the tent door wait for him to drink water a half a liter to a liter and then we could go to bed every single night man every night I would encourage him to drink before, but no, he would not drink before. He would wait till I was oh, just about to be asleep and then decide, okay, now, like he, it's like he wanted that last moment possible to, to have water. Um, so, yeah, you know, like all these things, it's, it's really not a big deal. And if you love your dog as much as I do, and you guys enjoy hiking together as much as we do, um, you're going to overcome them, but, you know, in the moment when you're exhausted, it might get on your nerves, just like little things do in any relationship that is going through 
a stressful time and it doesn't matter if it's a bad stress or a good stress stress makes little things more annoying in my experience so yeah I think calling this episode why I hate through hiking with my dog is a little clickbaity because I don't I love it but you know there is a downside to everything it's not all sunshine and rainbows and I'm sure in the moment there was other things that got on my nerve but you know it's been more than a year now since we finished our through hike and I've let those fade into distant memories so that's about it for today we're almost back at the trailhead and I wasn't necessarily planning on recording when I came out here so I actually have my jacket tied around my waist because it's really noisy um, when I'm walking and I didn't want that to interfere with the sound quality so um, yeah, it's been pretty cold <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up uh, thank you guys so much for listening um, it just makes me feel so good to hear your guys' feedback and to hear that you are learning something even if it's just like one little nugget in each episode that helps you all those things add up after a while and you know I'm so into hiking with my dog and um, I just really want you guys to have the best experience yourselves and do it in a safe way so that you know you form the best memories and it's just awesome so yeah thank you for listening and if you'd like to help the show um, reach more listeners you can leave us a, a review on iTunes um, you know just like five stars you can leave a comment with that um, share it with some friends that you think would be into that is super appreciated and if you want to get more updates from us aside from one of these episodes every other week you can follow us on Instagram at WALK9 Radio um, and yeah, you know, that's it for me. So thank you and be excellent to each other.